You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. Good morning. My name is Mark, and, and uh, we live stream our second gathering. Would you give it up for those watching online right now? And thanks for being here. And that's rebroadcast into, into several correctional facilities. Um, uh, uh, four weeks ago, met a gal after our fourth gathering in the foyer here, excuse me, in the, in the, over here by the coffee shop. And uh, she moved out of town, moved back recently. She says, Mark, she said six years ago, I was at FCC. And you guys had folks that came in and did a morning jail service there at FCC. And she said, I gave my life to Jesus. And I haven't been on drugs or alcohol since the day I gave my life to Jesus. It's transformed my life. And so um, uh, God's good. And that our live stream, you know, we were able to broadcast that in Spring Creek, other places, believe in God for just great things. Hey, um, I, I wanted to highlight, again... You know, we're in, we're in a uh, several-year process of, we've purchased 18 acres on College Road, we're relocating, and, and uh, so we built our steel structure over there, and the next uh, couple years, we're going to raise the rest of the finances, take another lap, and we're going to finish that, and be able to move in over there and have worship in one place with, right now, we have two auditoriums, and, and uh, uh, we worship in two places, but I can't, we, there's going to be a day when we're all in that place, but here's the good news. Um, our school started, and there are some of you in here, maybe you haven't been able to invest financially in the process of relocation like my things are tight I'll tell you a way you can help maybe you're here and you're going like I don't know if I should go, be a part of the school or not our school is going to be, help position us to to uh, get our building done over there faster um, the banks won't give us money uh, uh, you know as they, they won't let us give it like mortgage this to help finish that building over there but the banks will sell this building to our school in a year and a half and they give us four million dollars to help finish our school so you can help us with the whole relocation process by saying you know I think I can put my fingerprints in the mind of some young people I think I love students I can do that let us know go to our website uh, uh, again, if you want to know the website is, go to the QR code here. Go to our website. Let us know if you're interested. Um, and, and here's our thought is that we'll, we'll start our daycare, preschool, early childhood learning center over there, infant through uh, five years of age. And in, in, in two years, they'll buy this building from us. And our prayer would be, can, can, the, can the daycare stay over there? And can we start our, our elementary school right here? And so look at this. This would be a great gymnasium, wouldn't it? Sanctatorium, okay? Um, but uh, uh, so we're just dreaming. We're, we uh, we, we want to uh, uh, part, uh, if, again, we would love to have some of the best teachers in our school, teachers in our city say, I want to be a part of this. And uh, so pray about that. Uh, next week, we very rarely have guest speakers because most guest speakers don't want to come and preach four times. Uh, but next week, we've got someone, his name is Sam Johnson. Sam's a good friend of mine. Sam oversees a ministry called Priority One, and Sam builds Bible colleges all across the globe. For the last 50 years, he's been building Bible colleges. Um, the last two years, we've built 10 churches across the world. Uh, we, we as a church believe the greatest way to build the kingdom of God is to help pastors who need uh, buildings. And so we, we have built 10 buildings the last two years. Um, but next week, uh, uh, Sam Johnson will be here talking about Bible colleges, and we're helping. We partner with him to help build a Bible college in India. Um, he's going to come talk about that next week. Um, we're super excited. So come, uh, if you love missions, and come, come ready to, to hear what God's doing around the globe. We helped last year build a church, a Bible college in Vietnam. Isn't it crazy that we had a war in Vietnam, and now we're going back over there building Bible colleges to reach people in Vietnam for Jesus? 
that should make more than two or three of you happy, okay? I, I may, you know, you guys, I don't, you know, well, hey, we're going to get in the message. Any, anyone here ever, anyone here ever been overwhelmed? Three of you. Stressed. Anyone been stressed? Anyone ever kind of like, how do I keep all my plates spinning? I don't have enough fingers. I don't have enough. I mean, you know, and anyone here ever been out of energy, out of time, out of money, and maybe you feel like you're out of faith? I want to look at a story today uh, in, uh, from Elisha, story in the Old Testament, and I want to talk about how to have faith for provision uh, when you don't see what you have, you don't even know how to get out of where you're at. You're kind of you're kind of in a place where you're stuck, and 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 maybe you're in a great place right now. You're on top of the world. There are some of you in here right now that feel like the world's on top of you, and there's some of you coming out of being on the world on top. And you, there's different stages. But today, I believe that the truth from this story is going to be powerful. We're in a series called Daring Faith. And we're talking about faith for miracles. And, and we're looking at another miracle in, in 2 Kings chapter 4 as, as we look at the life of Elisha and the prophet. And it says in 2 Kings chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, take a look. If you have the YouVersion Bible app, download on your, on your iPhone or your tablet or, or Android, uh, wrong Galaxy phone, whatever, um, follow along on, on live events on, on, on the, on the Bible, YouVersion Bible app or, or um, on the screen here. But 2 Kings chapter 4, it says, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me what you, what do you have in your house? Your servant has Nothing. Say nothing. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of oil. Anyone here ever been so tired, so overwhelmed, so frustrated that they, you couldn't see what you had? All you could see is what you didn't have? This is a powerful story that I think... Uh, if we understand the truths of the story, we'll unlock some things. Here's a story. There's a woman. She, she's, a, she's the wife. She's the widow. Her husband was a prophet. In fact, he wasn't just a prophet. He, he, uh, he, he revered, uh, and he, was the, he oversaw a company of prophets. They believe that he, she was Obadiah's wife. And history and Jewish scholars believe that, that uh, Obadiah had, had probably a prophetic company of 50 or so people, and prophets weren't exactly liked by people. They would run for their lives. They would hide in caves. And so prophets oftentimes didn't have a whole lot of resources because what resources they had, they poured into uh, the ministry that wasn't always well-received by people. And, and so here's a grieving woman. She's lost her husband. The bills have piled up. And in that culture, she's not employable. You didn't hire women. W women receive their, 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 their resources from their husband. And so her husband's now dead. And in that culture, you know, uh, you could, people would come and take your children to pay for the debt. Now, there's some of us in here that would love to give our children away. But we're not a different situation. Okay, don't raise your hand if that's you. We'll pray for you. 
But humanly speaking, here's a woman who doesn't have much hope. There was no pension. There was no life insurance policies. There was no government payoffs. And she didn't get a PFD from Alaska. And so she's in a difficult place. Now, (laughs) the challenge is, isn't it amazing how we can look at things that are challenges that frustrate us, but they're not that important? Like, you ever met someone, like, they drove away from a coffee shop, and they forgot the extra shot of vanilla, and they're, like, in their mind, they're frustrated all day long because they didn't have enough vanilla? Or... Or, you know, or they ordered from some, they budgeted on Amazon's prices, but didn't realize that what they need doesn't ship to Alaska. Or maybe your team lost in football. Get over it. So to Pastor Matt's last week, give him bad time about that. But then there's, those are, they, we sometimes focus on unimportant issues, but they're important to us. But how many want to know there's more important issues like cancer or mental health issues? Here's a widow, and she sought out a prophet because her husband died. She's facing bankruptcy, and the boys will be taken away to pay bills. She's in a difficult place. And, 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 and I, want to, I want to talk today about uh, uh, how, how uh, the big idea of this text is this. If you take a notes, write this down. When you don't have what you really want you'll discover that God is all you really need. Maybe some of you are in a difficult place today, and I don't want to minimize problems. I don't want to minimize challenges, but there are some of you in here with real challenges. You're fighting for your marriage. You're fighting for your sobriety. You're fighting for your future. You're fighting for finances, and you're on the verge of you know, one ne- missing one paycheck, and you got some problems. And, and, and then there's, there's some of us who make we think our problems are important, but when, it, when, when you look at this widow, they're not very important. But let's say you're in a difficult circumstance today when you don't have what you really want. Let's focus on what we really need, which is God. So Elisha replies to her in verse 2, how can I help you? Anyone here ever been ministering to someone and, and, and the reality is, is there's nothing you can say that will ever fix their situation. I sat with someone a few weeks ago at Lulu's Cafe, and um, his, his son had died in his arms. And, uh, you know, a 25-year-old young man. And I helped do the funeral for this guy, and there's not a whole lot you can say other than, I am so sorry. How can I pray with you? What can I do? There are some times when words aren't enough. And so Elisha's this place. He, he can't change every situation. He says, what can I, how, how can I help you? And then he says, tell me what you have in your house. And listen to her response. Your servant has, what's she say? Nothing there at all. Now, Elijah's, Elisha's trying to respect her dignity, and, and, and she's hurting. And, and, and so, so what do you have? Let's not focus on the loss here. Let's not focus only on what happened. What, what do you have? Let's talk about some basics. How are we going to make it through tomorrow? Inch by inch is the cinch. Yard by yard is hard. How, how, how do we, how, what's the next step? Hey, let's just get, what do you have? And she goes, nothing. I don't have a husband. I don't have money. He's going, but what do you have? I, I, I want to propose to us. 
Sometimes in life, we focus on what we don't have rather than what we do have. There's a book a few years ago I read called The Houdini Solution. And Houdini obviously was someone who was an escape artist and, and he was inside a box and, and, and he had to figure out how to get out of the box. This book was a, was a book that talked about how so many of us focus on what's outside our box, outside the world here, and we get frustrated because we don't have what's outside our box, in our box, and so we're trapped and all we see is what we don't have. And I want to propose to you today, could it be that God wants you, he wants to meet you in your box where you're at with what you only have now and that's what he can work with? If only I had this, Mark. If only I had this. Oh, if I got the lottery, oh, I would, you know, I, I had someone once say, I said, if you go on a mission, I'd love to go on a mission trip, but my, 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 my company doesn't give me enough vacation. And I'm going, well, what, have you, have you rung a Salvation Army bell at 12 days of Christmas? No, I've never done that. I want to go on a mission trip, though. What can you do? What, 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 what's, what, what do you have available now? See, most of the time, it's, it's not until we embrace our limitations that God starts to use us beyond our limitations. It's not until we embrace where we're at, we own where we're at. Oftentimes, we want to get out of where we're at rather than ask God to get in where we're at, and God can do great things right here. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't dream. We shouldn't be and say, God, I can't wait. I, God, I believe this stuff's available. But, but you can't just do that without saying, God, but I want to maximize my moment now. I don't want to only live in tomorrow. I want you to impact my world today. See, God can take your greatest frustration and turn it into your greatest potential innovation and time where God begins to move right now in your life. But maybe you're at a place all you see is what you don't have. Today, I want to talk about that. What do you do when you don't have much? Let's look at the story. What do you do when you don't have much? What happens when you don't have what you think you need? Number one, stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. Stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Your king, your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. So she, he's trying to say, what do you have? Because, you know, just stop, stop waiting for what you want. I want to pay my debt. I want to do all this. Well, what do you have? What can you work with right now? I remember I, I was 25 years old. I was a single youth pastor. And I was lonely. I was living. I lived in Rollins, Wyoming, where the men were men, and so were the women. No, I just. Uh, sorry, that's not true. Um, <laughs> I'm in trouble now. But I remember I was lonely, and I remember I made this pact in my mind to say, you know, I'm going to become the most eligible bachelor alive. 
I started my master's degree at that time. I started working on, I started, I'd read, I, 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 was, I was a ferocious, I'd read 40 books a year, 50 books a year. I was that guy going, I, 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 there's not a lot of options right now for ladies, but I'm going to make sure when I meet, and I, how many want to, you know, I'm married way over my head when I married Heidi. But here's the reality is, is, is stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. You, you, what, what, what do you have? I have nothing but except a jar of olive oil. Now, that culture, olive oil was a commodity. It was expensive. It was valuable. They used it for cooking. They, they used it to burn lamps. They used it for medicine. They used it for, it was, it was essential oils, bath and body works, moisturizer. It was, it was, it was to keep leather pliable. It was, it was to keep iron from rusting. It was, it was to use for anointing. It was something you'd offer to God. It was actually something you could offer to God as a sacrifice. What do you have? I have nothing but oil. I have nothing but something very valuable. But she couldn't see how valuable it was because she was focused on what she didn't have. She was waiting for something she didn't have rather than focusing on what she did have. And aren't you glad we have a God who operates in a little and always maximizing the little and turning it into much? There's a story in the New Testament we preached on a few weeks ago. Jesus asked the disciples, hey, we got to feed these people. They're hungry. What do you have? We have nothing. Well, what, what do we have? It's going to take nine months' wages. Well, what do you have? Well, we found this boy over here with a couple fish and a couple loaves of bread. How many want a little as much when Jesus is in it? What do you have? In, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 3, there's a great story of a guy who's, who's crippled. He'd been lame from birth. He never walked. And he's by the gate, beautiful, and outside of Jerusalem, outside the temple. And that word beautiful, literally, if you look it up in the Greek language, it's the word for maturity. It's the word for puberty. It means to bloom or to grow. And it's that place when, 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 when young men or women begin to reach that place where their body blooms and changes. That's the picture in the Greek language. So here's a guy who had never been able to grow up and mature. He's crippled. He's hanging by this one gate that if he could just get past that place to a new place, he, 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 he was in an ugly situation at a beautiful gate. And he's begging. The disciples walk by, and you know what they said? Silver and gold we don't have. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus. And what happens? The Bible says that the man, they reached out, they grabbed this guy. They didn't give him a hand out. They gave him a hand up. And because they, they focused on what they had, not what they didn't have. And I wonder how many of us focus on what we don't have. And that limits us from what God wants to do in our hearts and lives. Here's a widow. I don't have anything except this. You know, now, the, I heard someone preach on this once and said the scary thing about that, that, the story by the gate beautiful is the church now has silver and gold but probably doesn't have in the name of Jesus rise up and walk. I pray we're a church that never gets so much silver and gold that we can't focus on the power of God that saves the lives, that transforms hearts, puts families back together, that heals the sick. What do you have? I have nothing. I've got a God 
who knows how to do a lot with a little. He takes five loaves and two fish, and he multiplies it. He takes a man named David, a young teenage boy with a small stone, five small stones in his pocket, and he takes that young boy who's been honed as a weapon for Jesus, and, 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 and you come against me with this, and I come against you, come against me with the sword. I, he, I come against you in the name of the Lord. He didn't focus on what he didn't have, the size and the, and the weapons. He focused on the size of his God, not the size of the stone. If our faith is as small as a mustard seed, we can say this mountain be moved. Sometimes we focus on what we don't have. Elisha says, what's in your house? God asked Moses, what's in your hand? What do you have? And, and, and God says, take that staff and put it on the ground. He throws it in the ground. Moses and it turns into a stick. Pick it back up, turns back into a stick. Takes that, t- touch the Nile River with your stick and, he tur- and then that stick becomes a tool. How many want to know what's in your hand can become a tool if it's in his hands too? Sometimes we focus on our lack. We're so, we get paralyzed on what we don't have, fixated on what we don't have, rather than, no, wait a second, I, I live in Fairbanks, nothing good can happen here. I, 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 I'm here and I, I'm single or I'm, I, I'm not this. What, what do you have? Stop waiting for what you want and let God start working with you on what you have. God can do great things. Little as much when he's in it. The second big idea, what what do I do when I don't have much is number one, stop waiting for what you want, start working with what you have. And number two, offer God what you have and trust him to give what you need. 10 years ago, my wife and I unloaded the U-Haul right over here in a parsonage and we started pastoring and, and then the church started growing and and there was a day, I mean, when I got here, we were living on a $250,000 line of credit. Things were tight. And there was a few people, and it started growing, and then we started adding services. And, 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 and I remember, like, well, and we, we, tried to get, we tried to figure out, could we buy Kmart? And initially, they said, we won't give you the, the money for it, but if some of the wealthy people in your church will co-sign, it's like, no, you don't, you don't co-sign for a church. Banks wouldn't give us money. Now banks call us. But the difference is, well, you know, we, so, so we were like, what do we do? And so we started, we, there, we, before COVID, we had five gatherings on one day just in this campus. Last week, we had six on two. And, and over on College Road, it's almost full. We almost have to add a third over there. That'll be seven gatherings. What is it, though? We didn't have what we wanted, but we started with what we had. Let's just get creative. Let's get in. What can God do? Offer God what you have and trust him for what you need. In 2 Kings, it says, Elisha said, go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Now, notice they had to do something. They did have to go. And I think there's, there's something in there when you have to admit you have a need and sometimes to include other people in that process. You know, I... Could you give me an empty jug? I don't know if they got Nutella jugs. If they did, they might be like me. They're going to go up. They're going to make, go home and make sure it's completely empty. They, they, they might have gotten butter, butter tubs. I don't know what type they got. I don't know if they got milk cartons. I don't know. But, 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 but it says, don't ask for a few. And, and then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all. Say all. 
all the jars. All she saw was a little bit of oil, but she didn't see that when she started pouring that oil, God could begin to pour through her. All she needed was some empty vessels. And it says, and, 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 and as, as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons, and they brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her sons, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. And when the oil, then the oil stopped flowing. How, how would you, would you like to have been in that room that day? Didn't have much. But she took the oil, she began to pour it, and it kept pouring. And it kept pouring. Now, I don't know if you know this, but after the first jar was full, and the second jar got full, and the third jar got, you think there's some excitement in that house? You think they started raising like, hey, hey, go get me. I know there's no more jars. I think we emptied every jar out in town. They got creative. They got innovative. And, 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 and as long as there was an empty jar, God would fill the jar. I think what God was saying, show me your faith. Just start pouring and I'll show you my faithfulness. See, sometimes God just wants to see, are you going to be okay with having lack? But with, see, if little as much when he's in it, take what you have. Say, God, bless this. Help me right now. Offer to him what you have, and God will give you what you need. These were empty jars. The color didn't matter. The shape didn't matter. The size didn't matter. It could be a milk jug, a honey jar, a coffee can, a butter tub. God can use any shape and any size of vessel. God can use any color of vessel. Aren't you glad God doesn't, isn't respectful of shapes and sizes and colors? You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that God has put these treasures in jars of clay. He's talking about us. How many want to know we're all, we're all dirt jars? We came in this world with dirt. God made Adam and Eve from dirt. Adam, the word Adam means red dirt. God took the soil of, of Palestine and, and, and he, he molded Adam. And when we all die, we go back to dirt. Well, unless they pump us through a bunch of formaldehyde first. But we're all just jars. And I believe there's a picture here that you might not think like there's a whole lot you have. I don't have anything except, well, let me tell you something right now. If all you have is the accept, and that accept is the oil, and let me tell you something right now, which is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, God has put this treasure in earthen jars, and he goes, as long as there's an empty, open vessel, I can keep pouring, and you can become a conduit for a miracle right where you're at. Any shape, any size, any color, you just got to be empty and I'm convinced you want God to provide just be a person that says God I empty myself I am ready I empty myself of pride in fact swallow your pride it's not fattening Empty yourself of excuses and greed and selfishness and say God if you can use anything can you use me I don't have a whole lot 
There's kids downstairs every Sunday that just need someone who says, I might not have the best words. I might not feel like I can preach to thousands or hundreds or 10, but I can hold a baby in the nursery and put my fingerprints in their minds and I can love them. I can shake someone's hand at the door. I can, I can make some coffee. I can, I, I can serve somewhere. I can be involved with what God's doing. See, here's the deal. Don't focus on all the, the gifts you don't have and all the resources you don't have. Start focusing on what you do have. What do you have? If you feel weak, I got good news. He can fill you with something called strength. If you feel like there's darkness all around you, he can fill you with light. When you're hungry, he's the bread of life. When you've lost your, when you, when you feel like you're a little bit lost, he's the way. When you're thirsty, he's the living water. When you're unstable, I got good news, he's a rock. See, the problem is, is what happens in some of our lives. We look at the culture, we look at the challenge, and we don't, we don't look at what can we do. I, re, I remember, it was last year in December, you know, we'd finished the concrete foundation over in College Road, and we're excited because, hey, this next year, we're going to be able to build the whole thing and finish it, and then we get the bids back, and they're $3 million higher than we anticipated, and I remember as your pastor, I faithed it till I made it. I remember in my office going like, oh, God, today would be a good day to quit. <laughs> but I'm in too much debt. I promised the church I'm not leaving, so I guess I'm here. They're stuck with me, and I'm stuck with them. It's more like you're stuck with me, sorry. And I remember going, God, and I, I, I was there for a couple of days, and so I said, God, I can't focus on what I can't do. I can't build the whole building this summer or next summer. What can I do? And I went to the board and I said, guys, I, I, I'm not, am I dis I'm disappointed, but I'm not discouraged. What can we do? And I started looking at it going, you know something? We've always wanted to have someone do Alaska missions. So at that time, we hired our first pastor to focus on Alaska missions, host our missions teams, start focusing on New Wix a little bit more, start doing more work. And you know what we did? We did that. And, and a few weeks ago, he, said, he came in my office, Pastor Mark. He says, Mark, I, I, got, I got really good news. What's that? He said, there's a school district in our, in our state that says they have $3 million they want us to help spend for them. What do you mean? He says, well, if we, we could do mega sports camps in the village and they'll pay for it. Like, and, and so now this, this, this person's actually in our life group and I started talking, I said, help unpack this. He said, Mark, we don't just have like three million. We actually have a million just for leadership development. I started talking about the North Slope. What well, we used to do in North Slope, and flew kids in, and we had Division One athletes come up, and we did, you know, we did drum lessons and guitar lessons, and gave away guitars, and we did drivers ed for t for students that needed to learn how to drive when they went to college, and all these different things. And and they go, Mark, we could fly every high school kid in from those villages to Fairbanks, Alaska. You could do the same thing, and we'll pay for the whole thing. We just did, well, well I, I, don't, I can't build a building right now, but we still want to touch villages. We still want to impact people. What can we do? Let's just take what we can do. Let's do it. And, and, and again, well, we, we, we can't finish our building, but you know, we can start our school. Start our school. And you might, I don't know if you got a little discouraged when you saw the election results the other day. I was discouraged, but then I realized I'm not discouraged. Because you know something, if I watched Little House on the Prairie, the church and the school were the same building. And the culture in those communities was different. And I'm convinced that the best days for the church is ahead if we don't focus on what we don't have and start focusing on what we do have, which means the best days are ahead for you, for us. 
So, so when I say I'm excited about our school launch in a, in, in, a, in a month and a half, in two months in January, I am so pumped because I believe we're going to be able to put our, 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 our God, godly fingerprints from godly teachers in the minds of wet cement and begin to mold them and God's going to raise up a generation that will change the world. I believe that. And it'll be a daycare initially, and then it'll be an elementary school, and then it'll be a junior high, and then someday we'll win the state tournament in hockey. <laughs> Why, not? Why not? But you don't focus on what you don't have. You focus on what you do have. What is it in your house? What is it in your life? What is it in the crib the dreams of your life are resting in right now? What does God want to do? It starts right where you're at. It starts with what's in your hand. It starts with what's in your house. It starts with, it's there. Don't, 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 don't get discouraged about what's outside your box. Get him inside your box and say, God, break through my limitations here so I can dream bigger dreams. That's what God wants to do. Now, I need to close. But as I close, I want to ask you a question. Maybe you're here today and, and you're going, get God into my box. I don't even have him in my life. See, here's what I know. A small group we did a few years ago that says when it's all over, it, goes, it all goes back in the box. The reality is there'll, there'll be a day most of us are going to be put in the box. And they're going to put us eight feet under. Or they're going to put us into a fire. <laughs> But here's the day, the reality. We all have an expiration in the milk carton of our life, all of us. The question is, if you died today, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? If you don't know for sure you're going to heaven, you don't know for sure you have a relationship with Jesus, it's as easy as A, B, C. A, admit you've sinned. B, believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And C, confess him as the Lord of your life. And maybe you're here, you're watching online, you've never made that commitment to Jesus. It all starts there. Little as much when Jesus is in it, but Jesus needs to be in your life first. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room, online right now? If you've never made a faith commitment to Jesus, just pray this prayer silently as I prayed out loud. Dear Jesus, today, I admit I've sinned, but I believe you died on the cross to forgive me. Please forgive me for my sins today. I confess my sins to you. Jesus, I also confess you as the Lord of my life. Please be my savior and my life leader and help me serve you the rest of my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you, if you prayed that prayer with me this morning, will you just wave your hand at me and say, Mark, I prayed that prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just wave that hand at me. Thank you, bro. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else? Anybody else? It's five hands went up. Anyone else say, Mark, I prayed that prayer today with you. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Lord, I thank you for those that committed their life to you today. I, I thank you. The Bible says there's more rejoice in heaven when one person says they're sorry and, and repents and says, God, be my Savior. The 99 people have already prayed the prayer. Help those folks take the next step with you in Jesus' name. Amen. What a fantastic service. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.